It's six o'clock. It's Monday. It's time for the joke workshop here on mutinyradio.fm and .sf. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. I'm excited. We've got comedians in the house. We have the biggest, fullest list of all lists. Hey, Jared, there's a T-shirt up on the thing for you. On the Go up on the stage. There's a T-shirt for you. And um, All right, we've got a super full list, so we're just going to get right into it. We're only going to do comments for the first couple people, and we're going to keep it super short. So if you have something super constructive to say, cool, and if you're just going to be like, oh, yeah, then don't. Aha, because we've got so many people to get through today. But uh, be kind to each other. Listen to each other's sets. It's a really welcoming and open uh, place, and I hope you enjoy it all the time as much as I do. Your first comedian of the night what a joy and a wonderment last week he helped raise like almost a thousand dollars for mutiny radio he's a king he's a savior put your hands together for tim taylor thank you thank you hey everyone yeah really happy to support mutiny radio there's a great fundraiser going on to keep it together it's an awesome resource for all us comics big day these days i'm uh, uh, trying to improve myself make myself a little bit better i I decided to shave my pubic hairs recently. Yeah, thank you, thank you. I appreciate it. I uh, and but but what happens? I put on some weight during the pandemic, so I've got this little pouch where where the the the, the hair used to be. And so now when I look down, I see the jolly look, upside down jolly look of Mitch McConnell between my legs. <laughs> it's I look down there. It's like oh, I've gotten more vote from the great people of Kentucky than any other senator in it. So, uh, you know, I did see myself in the mirror naked the other day. I, I realized I've got a before body <laughs> with after hair. Oh, yeah, come on. The hair is gorgeous. The hair is gorgeous. But I, I, I have put on the, I'm actually considering putting insecurity cameras around my place because I just see looking at myself all the time is troublesome. But, uh, and I've gotten to the point where I like I was looking into becoming a sugar daddy. Anybody sugar daddy out here? Oh, there's a sugar daddy right there. I don't have enough money to be a sugar daddy, so I'm like a fake sugar daddy. I'm like a stevia daddy. <laughs> stevia daddy. The thing is, I probably just ate my pain mostly because I, I have a complex relationship with my mom. Anybody have a complex relationship with their mom out there? Yeah, of course. My mom's love language was um, yelling. She just used to yell at us all the time. And, uh, you know, it, it, it made me feel excluded, like excluded in my own household. I had four brothers growing up, but I felt different because I was a sensitive kid, you know what I mean? And uh, there's a whole effort these days for inclusion, which is cool. I don't mind people being inclusive. So someone the other day said to me, uh, they were referring to Latinx people. You guys, heard, you guys heard this term, Latinx? Yes, are you Latinx? No. Filipino, right on. And it's like the lower end Mexicans. Oh, no, so it's. Uh, but I was like, oh my god, like is it like like the Latin X Games or something like that? Uh, Skateboarder jumping. Oh god, a little, a little racist comedy for you there. Uh, sure, sure, why not? Sure, Latin X Games. So, uh, speaking of uh, Latin X Games and jumping over the border, everybody talks about how. Don't let the drugs into the board. Anybody do drugs here? You guys do drugs? Yes, of course. Sir, you are very participatory. What's your name? Jared. Jared is very participatory. He does drugs. He's a Philippine Mexican. So, uh, no, I, 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 uh, I've been sober for almost 11 years, which is cool. 
But I, I, thank you, thank you. I used to be a really heavy crystal meth user. That's what I used to do. And I was, I was a, yeah, really bad. But I was fairly like a, a fairly together crystal meth user. I was at an Ivy League MBA school when I was doing it, getting my MBA. But that meant I was a mostly boorish asshole. Oh, thank you. So I used to get really upset when my crystal meth dealer was unreliable and dishonest. Crystalmeth.com. I was hoping to actually like call up and get some customer service for my, for my, uh, for my dealer. And like, it's like you call up. Hello, this is Crystalmeth.com. Press one for a new order. Two for fake tea. Three for your hearing voices. Four for all other. Press four. Get on the phone. Hi, uh, who am I speaking with? Crystal. Your name's Crystal. You get that all the time, don't you? So I'll be done. I promise. What's your Tim Taylor? Yes, I do get that all the time, tool time. What's your username? I am a junkie. I'm a junkie with a Y. Yes, I know it's spelled with an IE for a junkie. That's the end of my set. I'm trying that stuff out. Thank you very much. Yay, Tim Taylor. Hooray. So there's a microphone up at the front, and Dan's grabbing it. Go ahead. Hey, that was good, Tim. Uh, the, uh, I was thinking about the, uh, the pube thing. Uh, if you hid the kind of punchline a little bit, you could maybe say something like, I saw the hairy jowls. It looked like Martin Van Buren. When I shaved it, it looks like it just updated to Mitch McConnell. Uh, and then, uh, what was the other thing? That, oh, I, oh, I just thought maybe something very specific about the meth, what kind of meth user you were. Maybe like, a, um, like I wasn't a jack, a car meth user. I was a clean the house a lot meth user. Something very specific yeah, to, yeah. to denote that you're a very together, productive uh, meth user. All right. Um, I like the bit where you're like, my mom's love language is yelling. Yeah. I would like an act out of it. Like, I don't know, maybe like her saying I love you is like harsh verbal abuse. So, yeah, just like, you fucking piece of shit. Something like that. I love, I love you so much. Um, I loved the pubes joke and the jowly thing, and I thought maybe there's a tag with um, Mitch McConnell's, like he's truly a, a closet homosexual because he's like going down on you. There's, You know what I mean? Like his head is between your thighs, and you're like, oh, I knew he was gay. Uh, your hair oh, is gorgeous, uh, and I feel like I could see an act out there like where you shake it and like, like as if there's a fan coming from somewhere and you like switch sides and do like a very, you can even do like a shake it down and up, up, you know, and do like a whole, I'd see how far you could do it and see what people do with it. Cause it is really great hair and I, and that's good. I would use the term instead of her love language being yelling, I would say maybe volume. Her love language is volume because then you can use yelling as a punchline later and then sensitivity and volume are kind of a thing. Um, and also volume can be kind of positive as a, anyway, I don't know. And then um, the last thing, I take the claps when everybody's clapping for you for your sobriety. Like take it and then bring out, be like, stop, 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 stop. It was for meth. Because then that's the punchline. Like, because when people are like, oh, alcohol, they're like, congratulations, that's so great. But if it was for meth, you'll get a punchline out of it. They'll be like, whoa. Those are all my notes. Any yeah, other, any I, other I was, comments? I was just going to say like the, you like dropped that you, we're doing like Ivy League MBA when you do it in meth. Like you didn't really go anywhere with that too much, but like I feel like there's like something to to I, I, like I can't think of anything. Yeah, just explore that because that like because you could be like 
talking about how everybody there that's why they have it's so innovative it's not because like they're smart it's just because they're got a lot of energy or some shit like that it's like that's yeah. not good but like like they're just an idea yeah awesome. yeah Clap your hands together for Tim Taylor! Yay! Oh, I had something so good to say. Oh, say it! Say it! <laughs> no, uh, <laughs> I, no, no, it's over. It's over. But, but the f a funny line you said was like, "My meth dealer was unreliable," which yeah. is like, yeah, no, you like, it's like obviously. So I don't know. I think you could play with the idea of just like, I wouldn't even trust a meth dealer that w I could rely on. <laughs> Cause it's just like that doesn't like I kind of want my I want my meth dealer to be very bad at their job because they have good meth, you know. Tim Taylor, everybody, yay! That's how the joke workshop works. Your next comedian, keep your hands clapping, everybody, for Greg Capra! Yay! All right, what's up, guys? How's it going? Happy Monday! Yeah. All right. More relationship stuff. Uh, things are going well for me. I'm happy right now in a new relationship. feels like my friends are trying to sabotage me, though. They keep throwing out statistics. They're like, you know, Greg, two out of every three relationships end in either divorce or arson. I'm like, all right, first of all, where'd you get that statistic? Second of all, 100% of people who say that don't have friends. So pick a side. I don't like it. I like relationships because the roles are defined in terms of like who does what. Like her role is to provide financially, and my role is to provide laughter. But I make her laugh every day. She's only bringing in money bi-weekly, at best. I think I'm carrying this relationship. Like if our relationship was the Golden State Warriors, I think I'm Steph Curry and she's Draymond Green. Like without her, this operation wouldn't run, but you know who you came to see. All right, cool. Sometimes she's like, Greg, I'm not just going to pay for you to sit around and write jokes all day long. Don't quit your day job. I'm like, all right, first of all, it's hurtful. I do other things, okay? I jog. Second of all, consider it role-playing. I'm just role-playing as someone who needs financial assistance. It's very hot. It's modern. Lastly, medieval kings and queens used to pay to have court jesters sit around and entertain them all day long. I'm basically a court jester that also goes down on you. I think that's a great deal for you. Money can't buy happiness, but I think jokes and sex probably can I'm pretty sure about that. It's cool. I, I, no one told me when I got into a relationship that you'd have to sleep next to someone all the time. That wasn't a thing that I was told. It wasn't in the brochure. I don't mean like sleeping with someone. I mean sleeping next to someone. Those are two totally different things. Sleeping with someone, fun, flirty, sexy. Sleeping next to someone, it's terrible. I don't know. You pick an adjective. It sucks. They just take all the bed space. I don't like generalizations, but I'm pretty confident with this one. There's something about women. When they see a queen-size bed, they turn into conquistadors. They see all that open linen, and they're like, I must have it. I must have all of it. <laughs> when my girlfriend gets in bed, she says she's anti-gentrification, but when she gets in bed, she displaces the mattress space that I've had for decades. And I'm a rags-to-riches story as far as mattresses go. I started as a twin. Now I'm at a queen. I earned this memory foam. And now I'm getting forced out by someone who drinks matcha lattes and wears Lululemon. It's a modern catastrophe. Sometimes in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I'll just look over at her and she's in the middle of the bed, sprawled out, probably dreaming about dandelions and meadows. And I'm over here in my government provision, Section 8 housing part of the bed, shivering, cold, 
And it's only in that time where I'm like, all right, I get it now. It's divorce or arson. It's one of the two. <laughs> Might do both. <laughs> I, uh, I have a friend who likes to run for fun. Do you guys know these people? Like they run for fun? I run for necessity. Like I run to the bus or from the crime scene. One of the two. He tried to describe the runner's high to me. He's like, yeah, man, a few miles in, you just get a rush. You feel it in your toes. I'm like, all right, man, that's cool. But also, while you're running, uh, are you doing cocaine? Are you doing that while you're running? Because that doesn't sound healthy. I want to start an AA for runners. If it's a drug, I want to, <laughs> I want to criminalize. I think it should be a Schedule One substance, anything over a mile. I'm going to start an AA. First meeting, turn in your ASICs. Turn in your ASICs and anything made out of mesh. You're not going back to Foot Locker anymore. You're done. Second meeting, how to rub the sunscreen all the way in. It's a deep cut. Not, not many will get that. If you run, you'll get that. <laughs> Third meeting, how not to relapse at your local turkey trot. It's very hard. Family's convincing. All right, I'm Greg Capra. Thanks, everyone. Greg Capra, everyone. Hooray! Shit, man. Uh, I was gonna say the arson thing in the beginning. I kind of feel like you just like glossed over that real fast, and like that's like a that's a, that that really stuck stuck out for me. Or stuck out, stuck. Jesus Christ. All right. Uh, so I was thinking like you could talk about how like the fact that there's couples that are like getting broken up because of arson and like not burn injuries or some shit like that. It's like there are arson couples there that can't decide on like Tinder or like yeah. fire or some shit. It's like that passion can't keep them together or something. Uh, and then when you said jokes and sex, I was thinking like, I think that's a good tagline. Like be like, jokes and sex also a great book on edging if you never want to see the edge. <laughs> like or some shit like that about how like you just last forever because just keep getting premises, no punchline. Yeah, yeah, just edging just jokes during sex too. It's like it's not a great combination. Yeah, yeah, just yeah, good shit. Man. Hey man, right here. Uh, I like the relation with like the bed and like you're trying to put like a class struggle rhetoric with it like i like i am like a colored person and i'm on section 8 housing and my girlfriend's like a rich person think you should you could be better if you just like went more extreme with the class rhetoric like going to like marxism <laughs> or like yeah all right yeah talk about che Dorena. Something like that. Uh, I was really impressed. You're a really good writer, and you didn't have any notes, and that was all like you're connecting with the audience. And I was impressed that you didn't have any notes, and you, you know, you didn't have an um or an awe. Ah. It was like really super smooth. It's like you got an act going. So. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, I agree. Nice and nice and smooth. Good, good job. Uh, I don't know if it fits into the thing that you were saying, but you mentioned something in passing. I thought of about when you were saying. Uh, he's trying to describe the runner's high to you, and then he's like, oh, you get a few miles in, you get this thing. And the problem there is that you have to run three miles in order to get to that point, you know? That's so almost ripe for an example. It's like, if you kick yourself in the nuts 100 times, it starts to feel really good, or something. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, how do I even get to that point? Anyway. I like the idea of the... Uh, that's good. I like the idea of the sleeping next to someone versus sleeping with someone. I, I just, I, I would have liked you to actually explored that time where you like, you start to sleep with someone, you're next to them, and it's like for five minutes it works, and then they start getting hot, and you smell their breath, and it's yeah, like, yeah. 
eventually you don't want to do it. I, I would like to have, have you explore that more. And I do like the idea of, of sober from running as well. I like that as well. And I would like yeah. you to compare running to drug uh, use a little bit more. It was great. Thanks. Thank you. Um, I like when you said I like when you said I only run for necessity. I think that's a really good idea you can really play with and you can even go back to like if you look at evolutionary like we're not we're only supposed to be running when we really need to yeah. so like it's kind of a joke to like do it for fun you know so it's like you could be i don't know you could be like i'm just trying to stick to my like you know my roots or something something along the lines of like you know like going against evolution right yeah, yeah. it is like disrespect exactly something like that yeah <laughs> that's good that's good i like that. Uh, I have a joke pitch for you. Okay. Um, so on the uh, divorce or arson thing, I think something that could tie it all together with the sleeping in the bed real cold thing, at least arson keeps you warm. Ooh, okay. That's, that's a good way to bring it back. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Put yeah. your hands. Oh, one uh, more. Great set, man. Uh, when you talk about, like, you do other things in the house as well, other than just writing, maybe go more weird. You said, like, you jog. But it can be like something really funny, like you play board games or or something weird over yeah, there. Yeah, I play cribbage. Yeah, just say something that. Something weird. Yeah. Deep cut. Thank you. Put your hands together for Greg Capra! Yay! Your next comedian is probably the hardest working comedian in San Francisco. Put your hands together for Dan Lewis! All right, I'm the James Brown of the uh, stand-up scene. Hardest working man and, and that. Anyway, hey guys, what's up? People are, uh, a lot of people are asking me to weigh in on the slap thing just because as a member of the bald community, <laughs> it's kind of a thing. I don't really have any strong opinions about it, but I, I just like being you know, on the same exact team as Jada Pinkett Smith on a civil rights struggle, you know? It's nice. If I see her, I can be like, fight the power. It's pretty cool. <laughs> Nobody talks about the hair disparity, by the way. We hear about income disparity. This guy was a meth user. He's got the, the hair of 10 men. <laughs> I have the hair of zero men. That ain't right, man. Shit, I had something else about that whole thing. Son of a bitch. Anyway, I'll move on. Uh, yeah. Anybody else uh, notice how sometimes uh, people, a lot of people don't like math, and in fact... A lot of them are like really proud and happy about not being able to do math. They're always like, oh, don't make me do math. I can't do math. They don't do that with other disciplines, you know. You don't see people being like, oh, don't make me read. <laughs> I can't read. I can't read. You don't see that a lot. Uh, do comedy in a lot of uh, crazy places. I don't know. I did comedy at this kind of bike shop recently. Uh, and that was interesting. There was a guy there with a, a unicycle, and I got what I always get with unicycles, an instant rage. I don't like unicycles. They annoy me. I don't know about anybody else. It just seems like people are looking for attention riding a unicycle. And uh, I don't know. It just, it's just like the only form of uh, transportation where you look a little less ridiculous if you're juggling at the same time. You know? You see a guy on a unicycle, you're like, douchebag. If he's juggling, you're like, well, yeah, okay, sure. Sure. <laughs> I think what really annoys me about it, just intuitively, is that, you know, it's not, you know it wasn't invented as a transitional invention on the way to inventing the bicycle. It's not like it went in that direction. Sure enough, I looked it up. The unicycle was invented 50 years after the bicycle was invented. 
What an asshole invention this is. A simpler and demonstrably worse version of an existing thing, you know? That'd be like 50 years after the airplane, they're like, behold, ladies and gentlemen, the kite! Look at it soar! Cool. Did, uh, did a show at a game shop, too, like board games. You know, they're selling board games. And out front, in, dis in the display window, that one of the board games was Doom. Now, if you're not familiar with Doom, it's this really violent video game. And I feel like that has got to be a really tough sell for, a, like, a teenage kid. The board game version of an exciting video game, you know? It's like, hey, kids, you like Doom? You know, that riveting first-person shooter, highly graphic, blow a demon's head off with a shotgun? Oh, we got the 19th century version of it right here. One, two, three. You blew a head off. Oh, that's great. They'd be like going to a college party being like, yo, everybody, I got shrooms. The board game. <laughs> you don't do shrooms, but you roll a seven. You're fucking peeking, man. <sighs> if you're anything like me, you like hot three-way sex. You know, the board game. Ages nine and up. It's pretty cool. Kind of gross. I don't, uh, everything else is too long. Son of a bitch. Thank you. I, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks. Dan Lewis, everyone. Hooray. Hooray and then yay. Oh, is he going to go take a seat? He doesn't like, you don't want comments? I only have good comments. Well, no, I think the other things. That's my fault. No, it's fine. I love the unicycle joke. I think it's hilarious. Eh. But, yeah. the, but it, I mean, it needs something better than kite and airplane. I was thinking, yeah. like, it'd be like having a gun and then a rock. Like, you'd hit someone over their head. I don't know. I don't. There's got to be a better one than airplane and kite, though. I always thought of it because of the uh, bike shop. Actually, for that, I was thinking, like, you said plane. You would be, like, up, like, plane, like after the plane, be like, ladies and gentlemen, a single wing or something right, like that. Yeah, right. Because like, like, oh, yeah, it it's, be like, a... same kind of concept. I don't right. Know. Uh, and then the only other thing I was going to say is, like, when you, you were talking about how Tim has like t the hair of ten men. You could be like ten men. You could be like I have the hair of ten babies or some shit like that. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a little bit of. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody? What was the? Um, I, I like. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I, I like the the math thing. Um, and would have liked to have heard you say. Uh, I was told there's going to be no math on this exam. And then I think, uh, oh yeah, yeah, that like that sort of punchy way that people say, "Oh, I was told there's no math." When I was they, told I wouldn't have to but, read. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's like it's like so dumb because yeah. I was like, they'll do it for like two plus two or some stupid shit like that. All right, right. And then okay. I think maybe if you do the unicycle joke a little later, you could actually bring back the I, you know, a unicycle that has one wheel, and then say, "Oh, I told I was told there's gonna be no math on this." Oh, okay. This yeah. Thank you. Other comments. Thanks. All right, clap, you. clap your hands wildly for Dan Lewis. Yay! Yay! Hopefully, he's counting his mileage and taking a write off on his taxes. <laughs> You're a nice comedian. Clap your hands together, everybody, for Deep Jaw. Yay! You want me, yeah, man. <laughs> I've been sober for two years now. Which means for 7.30 days, I've not had any sex. <laughs> Dating as a brown guy is tough, man. Uh, I know you all are thinking that he's 6'4". It shouldn't be that difficult. 
but it doesn't help if there's a pandemic going on and my zodiac sign is in cell. Uh, like <clears throat> growing up in India, sex was sex was so difficult that kids started masturbating in the condoms in my school, which to me is like putting pineapple on a pizza. Pizza is something which is loved by everyone: black, white, brown, Kanye West. But then someone decided to put pineapples on it and ruin it for everyone. As I'm getting closer to thirty. My dad is getting really concerned about my marriage. This is how a typical conversation goes between me and my dad. Hey son, did you meet anyone? Uh, no dad, I'm still waiting for my Daenerys Targaryen. Oh, son, at the best, you look like Hodor. And if you don't manage your expectations, you'll just die holding doors for everyone. Yeah, marriage is a big thing in India. Uh, big fat Indian weddings, everyone know, knows about that. Uh, it is, like it's, it is a big deal. Two families are get, coming together. It's a moment of great celebration. And a brown guy finally has sex. <laughs> like if you go to any club over here, you can easily see the dating hierarchy. Hot white men with great hair are with great white women. <laughs> white men with baby head are with Asians. <laughs> and, and brown guys are just waiting for the girls to pass out. Uh, yeah, your, your weddings are really short, but they are weird too. Like, the bride does not marry the best man. It's like we are building a basketball team, but you choose me over Jordan because I'm tall. Uh, our brides wear red in wedding, but here women wear white, which is a color of sadness. <laughs> but I'll give this one to you because it's the best color to hide cum stains. The biggest question for you in your marriage is bands or DJs. But the biggest question for us in India is horses or elephants. Uh, like, uh, yeah, and also I can easily see the white male privilege in the weddings over here. You guys give the bride the option to say whether you choose the guy as your husband or not. We brown guys don't have that confidence. We cannot give that option at the wedding night when we were promised sex. Also, there are no refunds for the elephants. Thanks, guys. That's my time. Put your hands together for Tiptan Shusha. Yay! Hey man, uh, I was gonna say for like the the bit about like uh, like drinking off into condoms and like like that's how that's like putting pineapple on pizza. Uh -huh. I, I kind of I feel like the analogy was a little bit lost on me, but I think like like because because people like pizza, right? Nobody really likes condoms, so like that that, that that's where you're trying to draw yeah. the connection. Mm -hmm. And like for that, like I think you could do like stairs, which is like first throws people, but like you'd be like stairs make it really hard to get up, but they're safe. Like it's just like like kind kind of like condoms. I don't know. It's just just a thought, but like that. That that uh yeah. 
that analogy was a, a little bit That's a good metaphor. Confusing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. Good shit. Yeah, thanks, man. I really love the joke um, between the horses and the elephants, but I need to know what they're for. Uh-huh. Like, it's what the brides, uh, sorry, grooms ride on in the Indian weddings. Okay, so, so I don't know that. Uh-huh. But if you explain that, I think that's fucking hilarious. Okay. So, and I'm choosing elephant every time for the record. <laughs> Uh, I think that the the fact that people don't marry the best man is funny. Yeah, that's a but that you you know I think maybe there's some you could hang on hang on that point a little bit. I don't know what though to say about it, but I guess it's it's fine. Maybe an example of something else where like an analogy or something. Yeah, like there. I did like choosing me over Jordan for a basketball team just because I'm tall. But I guess yeah. Mm-hmm. That didn't track with me exactly. I don't know, but, there, but you, 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 that's a good thing to sort of center on or, or think of a good joke for. I'm sorry, I don't have one right now. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> the other one was uh, just the three day. W- it's three days usually the weddings, right? Yeah. In, in India, yeah. Be, you could say maybe that you know there's marriages in America that are shorter than the than a wedding <laughs> <laughs> yeah. in yeah, India. That's a good one. Yeah. Uh, I'm sorry. I think it was good, dude. It's good. You're, you're growing. It's really cool to see. Um, the arranged marriage actually starts to sound like arranged sex, given that you aren't getting sex until you get married. You know what uh-huh. I mean? So maybe connect the arranged marriage to arranged sex. You with me? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is this where it is? Any other comments? Hey, everybody. Clap your hands together for Detox Use Jaw. Yay! Yay! All right. This is going to be the last comedian we give comments to, everybody. Clap your hands in a wild, slappy-like motion for Kyle Morrissey. Yay! Thanks. Um, I got told I have dead eyes recently. Yeah. Someone told me I have dead eyes. I was like, but the hurt feelings behind them are still very much alive. <laughs> that's, such, that's such an existential problem to have, dead eyes. Because you're like, I'm, a, I'm conscious, and I can see just fine. I guess I'm just a bad person. <laughs> okay, all right. We'll, we'll keep it rolling. I, uh, the, the mental health the mental health like positivity movement to me is all it's it's funny because we really want to encourage people to be vocal about what they're going through um but when the dude on the corner of sixth and market is just like you're killing me everyone's like okay no no (laughs) this actually fucks with my anxiety a little bit uh no no one's no one's going up to that dude like oh my god you're so brave (laughs) you should try abilify i uh I actually, I went to, I started going back to therapy recently to, uh, fi- I'm finally, I want to talk about some some problems that started for me during quarantine and haven't really gone away. Um, just like general trouble making eye contact, I don't know if you can tell. Uh, uh, you know, I have a hard time finishing conversations, I just, I, I like have outbursts now. And the doctor was like, well, what you're describing on paper sounds exactly like autism. I was like, that's impossible. I never took the vaccine. There's no way, there's no way that could have happened. And he was like, why don't you look at me when I'm talking to you? <laughs> uh, 9-11, okay. Um, I, I 
was thinking the other day, everyone kind of remembers where they were during 9-11. That's kind of a trope. And I remember that I remember seeing footage of the towers come down when I was in a carpet store. Yeah. Oh, it was owned by a Muslim guy. And then I and then I got older and I remembered, wait a minute, I'm pretty sure my dad took us to the carpet store after. And so I think I think that day because 9/11 was like a hard time for Arab Americans. Um, you know, it, everyone was very angry towards them and so people were like, "Hey, we got to, you know, these people are we need to look out for them." I'm pretty sure in order for us to do that, my dad took us to a carpet store to just be like, "Hey, are you okay?" And I think that just perfectly personifies like boomer racism. They like they they meant well, I guess, but it was just based on just pure ignorance. A carpet store. We didn't even buy a carpet. We just he, we just went in there, and I remember sitting on a stack of them, and Bin Laden was on the TV, and I was just like, I guess that's the guy. He kind of looks like the dude behind the counter. This is fucking weird. Like, and and I guess my racism is just deliberate. I don't know. Um, I uh, I I feel bad for Kanye West. He's having a rough year. Um, you know, he's threatening to kill Pete Davidson. Uh, frankly, I hope he does. Uh, I, I I really like the Oscars. Will Smith slapped a comedian so Kanye West could fucking kill one. And I I I just I, I feel bad because he's he's making a real ass of himself publicly going through this divorce. Um, it, like he's just having a meltdown on TV and like watching it, all I can think is like, I can't believe I fucking voted for this dude. <laughs> yeah, take your fucking time. Yeah, okay. <laughs> It's only been fucking 18 months. We're all just goldfish. Okay, I'm done. All right, all right. Keep it going for Kyle Morrissey and his mental okay. health set and his new mustache. Yeah, stay up there, Kyle. I don't want comments. You don't want comments? Okay. Fuck it, no comments. All right, that was great. That was awesome. That's funny. All mental health set by Kyle. All right. Moving right along, your next comedian, one of my favorite people on the scene. Clap your hands together for Ian Langlands. Yay! Hey, what's up? I didn't get any music? What's up? Get with it, Pam. No, I'm kidding. Okay, hey, everybody. I, I forgot I was going up. Um, what do we think of toxic masculinity? Love it? Hate it? What do we think of it? Love it? That's what I thought. A room full of men. That's the answer I expected. Toxic masculinity, if you don't know what it is, it's when men take their insecurities and they shove them down and then they put power onto others to show that they're better than them. Boy, would I love a little bit of toxic masculinity. I really would. And if you don't know what it looks like, touch a man's hands and tell them they're soft. And you'll see, you'll see it up close and personal. It's very interesting. But I wish I had a little bit of toxic masculinity because I'm so insecure. I just want a little bit. I feel like there's some people out here that are not using it for any good. So I think they could give some to me, like Brett Kavanaugh or something. He's not really doing anything good with it. Maybe Jake Paul. I don't know. Donate to the needy. That's what I say. Just a little bit. Just so I like, like am not nervous ordering a drink at Starbucks, you know? Just like something, like that's all I want. Just like a little bit. Like I was at this party and this guy came in and he went up to a woman and he was like, you, you're hot. You're coming home with me. 
I could never in a million years even think about doing that. Thinking, of, thinking about me doing that stresses me out, okay? Because one time I was sitting in my car and I saw this girl on the sidewalk and she was very beautiful, so I glanced up at her respectfully. I looked at her, I looked at her and she, glanced, and she saw me looking at her. She saw me looking at her and I was alone in my car and I audibly said, I'm so sorry. <laughs> That's not cool. That's a real beta shit. That's what that is. I'm a beta. I am a beta. That's what it is. I think I just got to own it. I think I should just own it. Because when you fight it, you seem more like a beta. You know? The only time, I have a little bit of alpha. The only time the little bit of alpha comes out is when I yell at myself in my internal dialogue. <laughs> That's the only time it comes out. It's bad. I'll be at like a restaurant, and he'll be in my head, be like, fucking order quicker, pussy. The waitress thinks you're a loser. And I'm like, okay, I'll get to it. It's not good. I'll be walking down the street and I catch a glimpse of my own reflection and I literally go, I could beat that guy's ass. That's what I say. Like, what the fuck are you looking at, bitch? And I fucking shadow box the air like I'm a crackhead in the TL, okay? It's not good. Not good at all. Um, I, don't understand, I don't understand why whenever anything like bad happens to like a family member or like a friend or something, the go-to remedy is like food. Like the go-to remedy, you've all, that's probably, you've all like experienced that in some way. Everybody just gives you free food, but like the audacity to think your cooking is gonna make us feel any better, you know? Like some of that food is off, like my mom broke her hip a few months ago, and we were just flooded with some of the worst fucking food I've ever tasted in my life. I'm like, this is making us feel worse, my God. Jesus Christ. It would be better not having any food. Next time, they, next time something like that happens and they ask, like, if you ever need anything, just reach out. I'm going to be like, a new plasma screen TV would be great because God knows I don't want to taste that goddamn chicken casserole. Okay, Janet? Keep it at home. Okay, that's all I got. Can I take comments? Can I take Kyle's? Yeah, yeah, cool, cool. Put your hands together for Ian Langlands. Yay, he's so funny. Yay. I literally, I literally just have one. I was gonna, I was gonna say the thing about the broken hip. You could, uh, like, be like, talking about food. Be like, now nah, I have an ulcer. Thanks, thanks for that shit. Okay. Like, just tag yeah. that up a little bit. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Good shit though. What if, like, everybody around you gave you food that you have a food allergy to, mm. and so you can't eat any of it, and so basically they're just giving you free dog food. Okay. I got it. I think instead of pizza. For your inner alpha male dialogue, bring it back to Starbucks. Pizza? No, you're at, you're at a pizza restaurant. You're just, and then you're I like, they say pizza? Yeah, something like that. Oh. Yeah, yeah. I say I say just keep talking about Starbucks and be in like your inner dialogues, like order this oat milk latte, you uh, pussy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just type that. Oat okay. milk. <laughs> Uh, I thought the thing about seeing a woman in a car on your own and saying sorry, that is fucking hilarious. That is fucking awesome. It's true, by the way. I wish I made it up. I wish you kind of would have gone... I wish you kind of gone further away because it was really funny. Okay. And the other thing was... Um, I thought when you your inner dialogue should be toxic masculinity because that's actually the way you're talking to yourself. I would yes. like you have called that back and said the only time I'm toxic in a masculine perspective okay. is it's when I'm beating the shit out of myself. Right. Yep. Okay. That's a good point. I think you're brilliant. The only thing that I would possibly want to see you add would be like a literal act out of shadow boxing. But you know, I just yeah. love act out. So if if it got more of a laugh when I started it, I would have committed gonna more. You were going to do a little. I, I already, you do because it, it would. There'd just be super cute. A little bit. Okay. I wanted to see what. Oh, oh, shh, oh. Shh, shh. sorry. Lauren Crowd is talking. <laughs> 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 
I loved I loved your whole persona and on stage, but I wanted to see one um, more acting out, like Pam was saying. Okay. And the oh shit, what was I gonna say? The, um, the Janet. I love the Jan the you, line about yeah. Janet. That okay. was great. Cool. Thank you. What were you gonna say? All right. Good. Good. Clap, no, Clap your okay, hands wildly, you. everybody, for Ian Langlands. Yay! Yay! And then yay! And then yay again. Your next comedian, everybody, it's Dan Britton. Yay! Ian has to adjust the microphone to stand up 45 feet high. I uh, went on a vacation this last week and with my uh, family, and I was driving my niece and my nephew, and I just, I love my niece she's six um her name is jillian but i call her jelly and she's just the cutest most curious little girl and she loves bugs she's weird like that like she is obsessed with bugs like one time we were playing in the backyard and uh she found a banana slug and she put it on her face and she goes uncle dan look i have a booger <laughs> i said that's not a booger she goes wait hold on I have to go show my mom. I was like, please don't show your mom. I'm supposed to be watching you. <laughs> and then she comes back. Well, she, my niece doesn't come back. My sister-in-law comes back. Why does my daughter have a banana slug up her nose, Daniel? <laughs> She's a curious little girl. So anyway, I'm driving with her on the freeway. And I'm hitting a fuck ton of bugs after we get past San Jose. And I can't tell her. She asks what all the splatters are, but I can't tell her that they're bugs because she's going to cry and scream. And I'm trying to get to San Luis Obispo for breakfast. And, and so I tell her, oh, that's just uh, bug poop. The bugs fly over the car and then they poop on the windshield. This is where I fucked up because then she goes, wait, bugs can poop? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they, they all poop. And then her, then she goes, well, do they wipe? <laughs> and I was like, uh, see, this is where I fucked up. I was like, some do. <laughs> well, which ones wipe? The fancy ones. <laughs> well, how do we know which ones are fancy and which ones aren't? Uh, they worked that out amongst themselves. <laughs> the butterflies are fancy. The, the dragonflies are fancy. The, the ladybugs are fancy. Oh, and the banana slugs are fancy. But in my mind, I'm like, banana slugs are not fucking wiping their asses, if any of them are. So anyway, whenever we get to San Luis Obispo for breakfast, uh, the first thing she does, I let her out of the car, and I know like this is going to be a problem because the first thing she's going to do is run up to her mom and go, Mama, Mama, bugs poop. And then my sister-in-law is going to be like, now I have to hear about this for the next three days. And I'm sorry. I didn't want to have her screaming in the car. So anyway, we're sitting down at breakfast. And my nephew uh, is four. His name is Tyler, and he's an early developer. Like, he could walk early. He was potty trained fast. And uh, he, he doesn't use a sippy cup. He uses a big boy cup. And so whenever he orders uh, his O-juice, he calls it O-juice. My sister-in-law calls it O-J. My brother calls it orange juice. So they, the kids call it O-juice. And he goes to take one sip out of his orange juice. And with the cup at his mouth, his sister says, Uncle Dan, 
if bugs can wipe, do they get dingleberries? <laughs> and this kid fucking laughs like it was the funniest thing ever. And he got orange juice all over the table, all over the walls of the restaurant, all over his sister. What happens in the next three seconds is like nothing short of pure evil. Second number one, she says, ew, gross. Second number two, she grabs the cup out of her brother's hand. Second number three, she takes the biggest swig that she can and goes, spits it all over her brother. And then my, my nephew, he can't, he can't say the word juice. He can't hear the difference. So he goes, oh, I have Jews all over me. <laughs> I was like, buddy, don't say that. It's not that he's mean. It's just he doesn't know. Like, we haven't, we haven't told him about Jews yet. We'll probably wait until he's a little older for that. <laughs> but he, he turns to my brother. He goes, daddy, I have Jews in my nose. And the whole restaurant looks at us. I'm like, oh, my God, we're not going to get out of here peacefully. Anyway, that's what I had today. Thank you. Dan Britton, everyone! <laughs> and his adorable family stories. Your next comedian, she's got a bike ride coming up for AIDS! Clap. <laughs> no, it's true. She's trying to raise money to, for the cure. Put your hands together for Hillary Lannon! Yay! When, when you say it like that, you make it sound like I'm pro-AIDS. Like I'm, like I'm like, hey everybody, AIDS is the best thing ever. I'm riding my bike across California to prove it. Um, I'm not pro-AIDS, by the way. I am raising money to fight AIDS. So, uh, yeah, more bike jokes, because that's all I've been fucking telling for the last two weeks. But basically, I've been looking up, like, the history of bike biking, because if you are a cyclist, which I feel like, luckily, here in the Bay Area, there's a lot of, um, you, re you understand, like, Biking is really the superior mode of transportation because you don't have to deal with all the traffic bullshit and all of the, um, you know, like fossil fuels and all of that stuff. But the problem is, is that it's, um, you know, there are there are drawbacks against it, right? Because first of all, it is, it's kind of uncomfortable. Um, I've been <laughs> spending a lot of time in the saddle, as they call it, and I... Um, kind of think whoever invented the bicycle can just go straight to hell because they really don't um, like people, I don't think, because it's very uncomfortable, especially after like four or five hours. Um, and so I've, I've been kind of, when you spend this much time on a bike, you have a lot of time to think. And I've been sort of thinking, I'm like, what was it like the guy who came up with the bicycle, right? Because like the seat design specifically, I have a whole, I've made up a whole theory in my head is that it was a really horny ornithologist who really had a thing for birds, like a sexual thing for birds. So he was like, I'm going to take a bird beak because I think the dodos were dead. So, you know, and he, this is like a pervy Victorian. So, you know, like they've got some weird shit going on in their head. Um, but he's like, I'm going to take a bird beak and stick it on a post and shove it against my crotch. And that, that'll be a bike seat. Um, and it's very, very uncomfortable. And uh, and the thing about it is that they basically made a couple inventions or technological d developments in the last couple of years to improve the comfort of a bicycle seat. So the biggest thing that they've done is they've basically cut out a hole in the middle for your 
basically for to relieve the soft tissue pressure and you know I don't even know what this is called I feel like I should give it a name so it's I've been thinking about this and I'm like you know it could be the uh Grundle Gulch maybe or the uh Gooch Gully um the perineum oh I forgot that one I don't know <laughs> there's and then the taint travas um I'll have to think of the perineum one anyway so so it's one of those things where um it really is not super comfortable even because you are wearing a bunch of clothing that stop really anything from helping you so unless I were riding at Burning Man I would be naked and be able to shove my labia through that hole but otherwise it's like it's not really doing much but I've been doing research on the history of the bicycle and especially like it's been fascinating because the bike was really looked at as one of the big liberation uh, things for women, inventions for women. So there there was um, a thing where they used to be worried about bicycle face, which is basically the look of consternation that women would get on their faces from being trying to fight traffic, which I'm like, those Victorians don't even know what fighting traffic is until they've ridden in like San Francisco against all the hostile motorists. But the other thing is that there was also this concern that bicycling was going to awaken like sexual desires in women. And this once again goes back to prove that Victorian men had absolutely no idea what was going on with women because they were thinking that all the vibration from the bicycle seat was going to like really get them going. And I'm like, that is so far away from like what actually like excites a woman. I'm like, my loins are definitely not on fire. Maybe my quads and my hamstrings, but definitely not my loins. <laughs> so that's all I've got for you guys today. Yay, Hillary Lannan. You can donate to her eighth life cycle thing. Uh, hey, bye Ian, bye Dan. All right, your next comedian. She runs tons of shows all over the Bay Area. Put your hands together for Drea Myers. Yay! Yeah. Oh, yes, of Thank you, Pam. Thank you, Pam, for that. Thank you. All right, run away, everyone. Run, run, scatter. Let's just have full-blown conversations directly in front of the stage like you're not two feet in front of me. Fucking disrespectful cunts. All right. <clears throat> What's going on? Uh, I do have suicidal thoughts. Thank you so much. Could you tell by my <laughs> fucking emotional entrance to the stage or no? Uh, I don't know. I like to say it into a microphone because every time someone commits suicide, they're like, why didn't they reach out? But then if you say you're suicidal, people freak out. So I'm like, let's just say it over amplification and normalize that shit. You know what I mean? Woke motherfuckers. Uh, here's the thing. I don't have serious suicidal thoughts. I have like sarcastic suicidal thoughts. Yeah, like I went to take a bath and my curling iron was plugged in and it was sitting on the side of the tub. So before I went to get in, I went to move it. And I was like, oh, I should move this. I wouldn't want to like accidentally get any relief. <laughs> <coughs> it's getting emotional in here. I feel a lot of emotions from this side of the room. Oh, let's see, what do I want to go into? Um, I hooked up with a gay dude recently. Thank you. 
What's up, San Francisco? That's like the most San Francisco thing you can do, I think. Uh, he wasn't like, hey, he wasn't like flamey gay. He was like Republican gay. Yeah, that's where uh, they look like really manly and straight in public, but behind closed doors, they're fucking a lot of little Asian lady boys. <laughs> like a lot of them, dude. He told me he was gay, too, before we hooked up. So at first I was, like, proud of myself. I was like, damn. Like, look at me, dude. I'm out here fucking converting gay men with this pussy shit. Like, I'm fucking at my sexual peak. I'm getting dudes to switch teams. And then I found out he really liked transsexual women. So then I was like, damn, this fool just thinks I look like a tranny. Like, I'm six foot one, I have a deep voice, and I have small boobs. Of course, this dude's attracted to me, you know? Like, he's gay, bro. He's gay. <laughs> I was so in denial about it, too, dude. I was just strapping on a fake dick. Just fucking pegging him hip deep, and then just being like, do you still think I'm pretty? <laughs> Hell yeah. Uh... I don't know, there were signs that he was gay too. Like number one, he did not know how to suck on titties. Like at all, dude. He went at my titty like a fucking Rottweiler with a squirrel, bitch. Just Arr! My titty looked like a bruised apple for six weeks, you guys. That shit was fucked up, dude. He bit that shit so hard at one point, I was like, do I have a lump? <laughs> I was like, I think this fool just detected a tumor. And then I woke up the next day with my right titty looking like Rihanna, and I was like, oh, no, he just bit that shit hella hard, you know? He fucking stretched my titty out so far, it looked like he was trying to blow up a balloon animal. Like, you could have twisted that titty off and made a wiener dog, you guys. <laughs> All right, clap it up. Thank you so much. Keep it going. Drea Myers, hooray! Balloon animal tits, yay! That was hilarious. Uh, put your guys, we're in a female rock block right now. Fuck yeah. Put your hands together for your next comedian, Sarah Rennie. Yay. Woo. Uh, so I don't know about you guys. Any gift, good gift givers here? Oh, I fucking hate good gift givers. Because I'm competitive, right? So to me, a good gift isn't a gift. It's a fucking challenge. Right? Uh, my Everyone in my life is a good gift giver, which... My best friend uh, for my birthday last year gave me a custom commissioned watercolor painting of my favorite Taco Bell. Oh my God. I know, incredibly thoughtful gift, perfectly tailored to my niche interests. I was fucking pissed. So for her birthday this year, I knew I needed to win. <laughs> so I started what? Listening. <laughs> Uh, we were having an in-depth conversation about uh, ghosts, you know, girl talk. <laughs> and uh, she turns to me and she goes, you know, I think I'm ready for my first haunted doll. And that's when I stopped listening. Because <laughs> all I heard was jackpot. You know, and I don't, I don't know shit about buying a haunted doll. Um, so I Googled it. And the first thing that came up was eBay. Do you guys know there's like a huge haunted doll market on eBay? Pam knows. Uh, there's like 3,000 active listings right now. And that's just what's on eBay right now. Which makes me wonder like how many haunted dolls are there in the world? 
Um, so obviously I needed to start like narrowing down my options. Uh, so first I went by price point because I took an economics class. I understand supply and demand. I know I don't want the cheap haunted doll. That doll is priced to sell. That doll is Chucky. <laughs> you know, we want a haunted doll they don't mind keeping around a little longer. We are looking for gently haunted. <laughs> this is a person I love. <laughs> Next, I wanted to know like why these people have haunted dolls. That's important information. That's not something you just like casually acquire. It's not Tupperware. It's not like, I don't know where it came from. Someone must have left it after a party. So uh, <laughs> I started looking around. I found this woman who's a paranormal investigator. She has more than 2,500 haunted vessels in her home. I was like, that makes sense. That's too many. You'd have to get rid of some. And then I started looking through the reviews because I want to make sure I'm getting her the real thing, not just like overpaying, overpaying for a ghost-free doll, right? So we're looking for reviews like, verified purchase, my house burned down. And that's when I found Helen. <laughs> Helen is a 19th century schoolgirl who resides in a Victorian bride with one cloudy eye. I assume that's where the ghost lives. <laughs> So I was jazzed. My best friend's birthday party comes around. I am fucking stoked. I have nailed this gift. I walk into the party. Uh, we start doing the gift opening phase. I am getting extremely cocky. One girl gives her a set of tarot cards, and I'm like, mm-hmm, how original. <laughs> you know, another girl gives her a rose quartz pendulum, and I'm like, do you even know her? <laughs> her stone is onyx. She gets to my gift, she opens it, she tears open the paper, and she looks so scared. <laughs> and she goes, what is this? And I was like, it's a haunted doll. And she was like, why the fuck would you get me a haunted doll? I was like, you literally asked for it. And that's when it gets weird. People start getting uncomfortable, and not just because I yelled at a woman that she asked for it, <laughs> because nothing ruins the party like an uninvited guest. <laughs> Now, I am, I am pleased to tell you that my best friend has since forgiven me. Helen has not done anything weird, um, but we're not entirely without consequence. My email is haunted. I don't know if you've ever bought anything on eBay, but I spent a month researching haunted dolls. So every now and then I get an email with a picture of a terrifying doll's face that just says, she's back. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm Sarah Annie. Hey. Yay, Sarah! Ready? Yeah, that was really funny. Hooray! All right, we're moving right along. Keep your hands clapping, everybody, for Kaula Finman! Yay! Yay! Um, you know, somebody told me that doing stand-up is brave, and I was like, no, coming to an open mic without jokes is brave. Like, be specific. <laughs> um, I have like this like premise or opinion that's pretty like potentially toxic guys if I say it wrong. So I decided to do it where I'm getting forever recorded. Thanks, Pam. <laughs> no, but I I just think it's really like a, like empowering and awesome to watch like kids. Like I have like an eight-year-old niece and like she's talking about her fourth grade classmates. She's nine. Um, just like coming out as, as like queer and non-binary and gay and trans. And I'm just like, as a member of the queer community, I'm just really like um, inspired that that's like happening at younger and younger ages. But like, I just want to ask like my queer community to be kind to these queer kids as they go through their adolescence and puberty and high school and they get to college and they maybe like start to question their sexuality a little bit and they're like I'm having you know attraction to the opposite sex you know like I thought 
that I was non-binary and I was attracted to women when I was eight. But like now that I'm in college, like I'm starting to like want to do like more femme stuff and like, you know, like I might not be gay. And it's like, um, so that's like the opinion without a joke. Um, <laughs> um, is that like, I just think that it's really scary. It's coming from like kind of a personal place because I find it really scary to admit to like gayer people than me that I'm less gay than them or less gay than they perceive me to be. Um, like about a year ago today, I got booked on a show for a transgender day of visibility and I didn't know what to do about it because I'm, I'm I, I, I feel cis female on the inside. This is how I present on the outside. I mean, like similar to to, to Dre actually, like you know, um, I'm just tall. Like I'm not actually um, <laughs> trans, but I lean into what God gave me. Like do the haircut, whatever. Um, and like I did the show. I I did the show. I tried to convince myself that I was just like, oh, they probably booked me as an ally. But I was really just like too scared to tell them that I wasn't trans. <laughs> And then I like get on the show and I spend the entire time just being like, I got pushed and called tranny once. Like I deserve to be here. Like I don't, but like, um, I just like, I guess I just like being in spaces that I don't totally uh, like belong in. Like I kind of get a rush during the pandemic. I like uh, with Zoom and everything, I I, I did that. There was like this, um, this author named Ocean Vaughn and he's a uh, first generation Vietnamese Vietnamese American and he like I read his book and he had like a book club or there was a book club in San Francisco um called Slanted Media and they were or it's a group called Slanted Media and they had a book club on Zoom and I decided to go um to hear him speak or whatever to hear them speak and um I didn't read the fine print and it was actually like a support group for like Asians who were getting hated on during the pandemic and I shouldn't have been there um but they were all really nice and my camera was on and so um, as we were going around and people were like talking about um, what it was like if they'd been faced in, with anything and then it, they'd come to me and I would just be like, yeah, I just agree with what everyone else says. <laughs> and they were so nice to me about like accidentally being in the room that I didn't belong in that I got a little cocky and I joined a, a group for uh, paraplegics. Um, and when they found out that I, um, what like I had all my, I became a member of this paraplegic group on Zoom, and when they found out that I had like all my arms and legs, they got really pissed at me, and they, they kicked me out of the group. Uh, they they dismembered me, is what they called it. Um, and then I was allowed back in the group um, after that. Um, I think uh, shame is a good teacher, and I feel some shame about my set today, so thank you. Uh, <laughs> Oh my God, dismembered, that was hilarious. All right, we're moving along. Your next comedian, put your hands together for Jared Senna. Keep it going, everybody, keep it going. Come on, keep it going, let's go, let's go. How are we doing? Hey guys. My name's Jared. Whoa, I'm not mean like that. I'm not gonna call you guys a cunt. I'll just say it in my head. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you. How are we doing, guys? Hey, my name's Jared. I like to be loud because I think it makes up for how short I am. Yeah, it works great for stand-up. does not work well for sex. You can yell as much as you want. It's not going to help you find the clitoris. 
The only thing that yelling more during sex is going to change is not only are you still sexually disappointing, but your neighbors know it too. All right, it's uh, yesterday was my 23rd birthday. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So naturally, I'm fucked up right now. I don't celebrate by day, I celebrate by week. <laughs> yeah. So uh, right now, I currently feel like a woman who just got caught having sex in 200 BC Jerusalem. Because I am stoned. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just want to say, uh, after we had two... I just want to say that I am an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. You guys are homophobic, except for Hillary. <laughs> um, I say that because all of my exes are bisexual. And after I dated them, they are now lesbian. So because of me, I got a bunch of women to realize that they don't like women. I mean, they don't like men. Oh, I fucked up. <laughs> That's not being an ally, I don't know what is. Um, it's natural that a queer questioning women like to go for me. Um, I'm, I have a septum piercing, I'm five foot two, and I have short hair. I look like a lesbian already. <laughs> she nodded, I was like, yeah, damn right you do. <laughs> yeah, but uh, as soon as they hang out with me and they see the Robin Hood updates on my phone and the three-in-one Axe shampoo in my bathroom shower, I am never seeing them again. It sucks being ghosted, but imagine being ghosted, then waking up to an Instagram post saying, due to recent events, I am now a lesbian. Recent events? You mean when we hooked up two days ago? God damn. This is why you don't yell during sex. It turns them gay. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got a cat joke. Yeah. I hate cats. I really do. It's not because I'm allergic to, uh, to them or I find them annoying. It's just that they never let me fucking pet them. They're like little balls of fluff, and they never let me pet them. Like, by nature, cats are guarded and scared of people. I didn't know that. Um, I tried to pet a stray cat one, uh, in my backyard, but not only did it run away, it called the cops on me. Apparently, I tried to touch the pussy without consent. Uh -huh. I knew that was lame going in, but I, want, I, I really wanted to do a cat joke. I really want to have material about cats, so that's why I said that lame-ass joke. But thank you, everybody. Have a good night, Mutiny Radio! Jared Santa, everyone! All right. Moving right along. Uh, and so this um, next person is the last one that's sort of on the list, and then we're going to the side list. Put your hands together, everyone, for Lauren Kraut. Yay! Hello. Thank you. I was thinking about a couple of things. One of them is, why are we afraid of God? Why is there fear? Why is it not just respect and honor? But there's something to that. I don't know. I'm working on that. Um, oh, when I, was in <laughs> when I was in New Orleans, I was going out one morning out to um, go to a museum. And I, I went to the bus stop, and there was a naked guy standing there. 
And as I approached, I could see that he had his back to me, and I was like, okay, this is a naked man at the bus stop, and I have to be at the bus stop because I need to get to the museum. And uh, I just, I didn't know where to look, so I was kind of like walking around and, and easing up to the, to the little, um, what do you call that thing, the bus stop thing. And um, he looked at me and he saw me and I kind of looked away and he goes, you stupid white bitch! And he started yelling at me and I was like, okay, I have nothing, I'm not, I don't want anything from you, I just want to get on the bus. So I just kind of stood there quietly waiting for him to calm down and then he did and he got dressed, you'll have, be happy to know. And uh, he did not get on the bus, I got on the bus and that was that. Um, I don't know, there's something in there, I don't know. <laughs> Um, what else? What does that say? Oh, I uh, I work in a museum, and um, this lady came in the other day, and I was standing there listening to her, and she was talking, and she had a hat on and, and uh, a mask and, like, all kinds of layers and stuff, and she was saying that she was an artist, and she had art, and she was helping other people in the street and stuff, and um, I was just standing there with my hands like like this, like this not doing anything, and she started to back away from me. And she said, you have bad hand energy, and I'm out of here. <laughs> and I was like, okay, and I just backed away from her. And later she told another of my colleagues that he had bad hand energy when he was trying to tell her that it was five, we were open until five o'clock. She's like, get those hands away from me, you have bad hand energy. But he also had, he was, he had a poor brain, poor brain power or something weird like that because he put his hands in her face. Okay. Um, uh, oh, there, we were on the bus coming up here and there was this old man standing there with a little, what do you call it, um, a wheelchair pusher? Wheelchair walker. Wheelchair walker. And um, Connor was holding it so that it didn't fly right away down the, um, the aisle. And this other man gets on the bus and says he knew him and he was so excited about knowing him and seeing him and he thought he was dead. He said, I thought you were dead. <laughs> okay, there's something there with that too. That's all I have. Thank you. Lord Crowd, everyone. Yeah. I thought you were dead. I, that would be amazing if somebody said that to me on and bad hand energy. Damn, that's very funny. Uh, your next comedian. So now we're working off that side list. And your next comedian, put your hands together for a JD. Yay! How you guys doing? Woo! Oh, none. Dude, I love Jared. He has so much energy. That's such a great dude. I was going to come up here and be like, any women in the crowd? And I knew Jared would be like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank God. Hi, uh, guys. Um, a little bit about me. I live with three other women, which... Uh, I thought it would make me more of an open-minded person, but now I just say, love that for you. <laughs> That's just, I have a tick now, so thanks for that. Uh, actually, living with three women's a lot like the Boy Scouts, I realized, because like, you have to try your hardest to leave no trace as the man. It's Yeah, b basically every house meeting is just a bingo of where I've left dirty plates and weed. Sorry, ladies. Uh, yeah, it's also like kind of like the Boy Scouts, because like, there's a uniform, right? But I refuse to get my nipples pierced. That's not true. They don't have nipples. Their, their, their nipples aren't pierced. I'm just joking. Uh, yeah, and also, like the Boy Scouts, somehow people are always around when you're pitching a tent. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, they should be like, oh my god, I love that for you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I, I live in Oakland, which is nice. I like Oakland, but uh, Oakland also made me realize that my used Mazda is basically just like a Banksy, right? Because like you can shoot it, smash it, smear feces on it. Somehow it still goes up in value. I don't know how this shit works, man. Uh, nobody got that. No, it's it's all it's all good. It's all good. Yeah. Uh. I learned some bear facts. Do you guys want to learn some bear facts? <laughs> uh, I, I, I recently learned that pandas, apparently 99% of their diet is bamboo. I didn't realize it's 99, 99%, right? You guys are wondering, like, what's that last 1%? Apparently, it's just jizz. It's just jizz. Yeah, that's, like, they're not reproducing because they're just dumb. They just keep finishing in the wrong hole. We can't get pandas to finish in the right hole. Yeah. Kind of fucked that on up. It's all good. Um, uh, I'm Indian, which is the last last thing I'll ever say on the stage, and then it'll just be a white flash, and I'll just be dead. But uh, I'm Indian, and uh, it's cool because like I I got my first MBA when I was in middle school. Yeah, my my MBA my focus was in uh, is corporal punishment. Yeah, my dad was my 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 PhD advisor. Yeah, yeah, great. Like the first lesson was he never spanked me. Okay, my dad never hit me. First lesson, my brother did that shit, okay? The first lesson is delegate, 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 okay? You guys need to know that shit? Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay, here, here we go. And then <laughs> it got really awkward when my brother went off to college, though, because, like, that was the second lesson. Was my dad was like, hey, sometimes you're going to experience supply pain issues, okay? You need to be ready for that shit. This is going horribly. <laughs> uh, and, uh, I mean, to alleviate the supply pain issues, I just started whooping his ass. Because apparently that's what he wanted. Because the third lesson is just, it's okay to get high on your own supply, I guess. And that also went terribly. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, what's your name? <laughs> Jason. Yeah, yeah. I, Jason's a good name. That's not an apologetic name, right? Like, you guys know what an apologetic name is? It's like if you introduce yourself to somebody and they're like, what, sorry? Sorry, what was that? I, ha I, have, I have a double apology name. Yeah, I go, I go, my name's Jay, and they're like, oh my god, I'm so sorry. What was that again? And uh, then I slapped them again, so I guess it's a triple apology name, because mine's the last apology. Yeah. That's my one crowd work bit. You guys like that shit? You love that crowd work shit, dude? Great. All right, you guys have been fun. Thank you. Bye. A JD, everyone! Yeah! We're on that side list for moving right along. Put your hands together for Connor Norton! How's everyone doing? Lauren, uh, you really burned all my bus material, but it's all good. <laughs> um, you know, I, a lot of times I hear this. It's a kind of an age-old debate, but it's stupid. It's the it's the whole can like straight men and straight women just be friends? The the classic can they be platonic friends? And what's going on, man? <laughs> what are you doing? You filming me? No, I'm joking. All right. So the, so they can be, can they be friends? And I think it's a stupid argument. Obviously, they can be friends. We're adults. It's 2022. Uh, anyone who doesn't think that is living in the Stone Ages. Um, like, for instance, my girlfriend already, she's already, she just moved to San Francisco and she's already made a guy friend that is really cool, super funny. Uh, apparently, I haven't met him. This is from her. But uh, 
like like they go out and they hang out and and he you know he lets her crash at his apartment and apparently it's really small so he lets him lets her sleep in his bed which is so nice and uh you know i feel bad for her i mean he's a big dude he's six four tall drink of water she's so sore the next day i guess he just sleeps weirdly <laughs> uh <laughs> no this is all make-believe i swear <laughs> <laughs> so much pain. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> but I mean, it's just like, like if I if I lived in this like, freaking within the societal norms and the constructs built by society, I would I would be robbing. I would be so insecure that I'd be robbing her of this friendship, which is so unfair. And that's that. <laughs> so. uh what else? Oh, yeah. Does anyone... These are... They're not as common in the mission, but do you guys see the electric scooters everywhere in SF? You ever ride them? Good. They're, cor they're corrupt institutions, all of them. Excuse me? <laughs> they are scary. And, uh, and they're... Uh, what's the word for, like, racist against poor people? Cla elitist. They're very elitist. I mean, they have like, they literally like redline the tenderloin and Soma. Like if you get on one and you start going towards, like if you start going down Leavenworth, like right when you get to Geary, the kickstand just pops out and drags like an anchor. <laughs> no, it's not true. <laughs> no, but they don't, they do not let you park. They do not let you park or drive in the tenderloin. It says like, it says like, do not park here and like poor people might touch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so it's just another excuse for rich people to not ride the bus speaking of buses no i'm just joking <laughs> no lauren and i have actually had multiple bus instances actually remember the guy on the bus that was uh he was telling me he's like a prophet he's a messiah sent from god and he was, the first example he gave was uh, that, you know, he was talking to someone and he said, and I am sent from God and the light shined through in that moment. And he knew I was telling the truth. I was like, wow, it's so cool. And then he was like, and then I talked to this police officer and I told him I was from God and I let the light shine through and the light shine through. And I was like, he was like, officer Castillo. And I was like, okay, all right. He's got connected, I guess. And then he was like, and then I was on this bus and I saw a man try to stab another man right where you're sitting. And I stopped him. And I was like, okay, is this starting to get into a threatening territory? <laughs> All right, that's my time. <laughs> Yay! Connor Norton, hooray! All right, your next comedian, super funny guy. You're going to love him. Put your hands together for Jason King. Yay! So much energy. Yeah, give it up for this guy. Hell yeah. You're welcome. <laughs> Yeah, make it loud for yourselves, everybody. I haven't seen you two in a while. It's been a while. This is nice. This is nice. I, um, I'm a big fan of Mutiny Radio. I like coming up to music. I recently came up to Shakira's Wherever, Whenever <laughs> at a show. I don't know if you've heard this song, but Shakira goes, Whatever, whenever. She has this. And in the song, she goes, uh, she says that she has, she claims that she has humble breasts. She says, uh, it's a pretty graceful way to reframe the fact that you have small tits. 
next time a girl says I don't last long in bed, I'll be like, hey, babe, my stamina is unpretentious. <laughs> when I come, I do so without hubris. <laughs> and then I curtsy and wipe my cum off her face. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think the major criticism of vegans is the fact that they're loud and they try to guilt trip you, you know? But I think that's fair. You know, could you imagine if like past people didn't guilt trip people to make them like change like humanity's old behaviors, you know, like some guys like, hey, this whole murdering thing, I don't like it, but I respect whatever you do. <laughs> you know, this whole having sex with kids, I don't like it, but I'm cool as long as we have some pedophilia free options. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like feels like vegans are like missionaries, you know, like like they they believe in what they're doing so much that they need to tell everyone else that the world is ending. <laughs> All right, I knew that part wasn't gonna work, which is why I kept it to the end. All right, let's see. I recently met a deaf lobbyist. Yeah, which is hilarious, because you. <laughs> Because you'd think that hearing is an important part of a job that involves slipping money and whispering. <laughs> you know? Like, like, you'd imagine that's like a big part of the interview process. It's like, do you know what the advocacy groups are? Yeah. Are you willing to travel to meet them? Can you fucking hear what they're saying? <laughs> You know, it's wild. It, you would think, I don't think a lobbyist company should be an equal opportunity employer. They probably aren't, but they shouldn't be, you know? I feel like being a lobbyist that can't hear is like being a ballerina with no toes. <laughs> Everyone who paid is not getting what they want. <laughs> okay, that's a weak joke. Do another one. All right, here we go. I, um... What else did I want to talk about? I think, I think at a lot of comedy shows, they ask for tips. And I know we have to ask for tips, right? I know, I know it makes sense. Sometimes you have to do it. But I understand why an audience might be upset, you know? Like a, like a comedian, like at some, there's a, I'm not going to say it, but there's like, at some shows, like a comedian will get on stage and be like, hey guys, you know, Thanks for coming to the show. We realize you bought a ticket, but that money actually doesn't pay the comics. And then the audience is like, the service for which I paid is comedy. <laughs> I didn't pay $25 for ambiance. <laughs> That's like going to a pizza restaurant and then you pay and then they're like, hey, listen, thanks for coming, but none of that money went towards the pizza. <laughs> you know? It's like going to an NBA game. It's like, uh. You know, none of that went to the players, and then LeBron comes around with a bucket. <laughs> All right, guys, my time. Thank you. Yay! J.C. King! Hooray! That was hilarious. Yay! Uh, bye. Your next comedian, it's the first time he's ever been here to Mutiny Radio. Clap your hands together for Johnny! Yay! What's up? <laughs> Uh, my name's Johnny. Um, I'm an introvert, which doesn't mean that I have an inverted penis. It just means that I never learned how to talk to anybody without making them feel uncomfortable. 
I learned recently that I'm cancer free. Never had it, but it's still pretty good to know, you know? Keep that, keep that on the radar. Um, I don't mean to brag, but the, uh, the ladies at the gym recently have been calling me the Stairmaster guy. It's pretty easy. All you have to do is stare at them while you work out. Uh, like most people, I get really stressed out when I smoke weed, you know? And I think it's really stressful to go to Safeway uh, when you're high, you know? And I think it's fitting to talk about Safeway and, and getting high, because I'm, I guess, that most of you guys have been to a Safeway or have gone high before. But it looks like everyone here has been at a Safeway high before. <laughs> you know, so you roll up to Safeway uh, and immediately you're just bombarded, man. They got options, you know, they got Tupperware, they got cheeses, they got all sorts of cheeses, you know, and you end up in the snack aisle. And in my head, it's like, well, what is it going to be tonight, Johnny? The king size Kit Kat or the family size bag of Pirates booty? Shit. Is that guy looking at me? Does he know I'm high? He kind of looks kind of high now that I think about it. Yeah, he is. Who said that? Yeah, who said that? I wonder if he's an undercover cop. Oh, shit, that'd be bad. Just wave and smile. Wave and smile. No, no, don't wave. Just smile. Shit, Johnny, you waved. Get out of here. <laughs> How cool would it be to be the guys that do the Safeway tapes from... Uh, 10 p.m. to 2 a.m. Yeah, hey, Craig, we got a bogey here on the uh, laundry detergent aisle. This kid's been standing here for about 45 minutes. He's got some double-stuffed Oreos in his left hand and a bag of salami in his right hand, and it looks like he's going to throw up. <laughs> hey, Craig, he's probably just as high as we are. Hey, Craig, you still awake? Craig, should we suck each other off one more time, or...? Hey, just asking, just asking. <laughs> you know, and then you just got this realization, you know, like, I gotta, I gotta buy this Pirates booty, and that means that you gotta interact with, like, a non-high Safeway checkout clerk or a really, really, really high Safeway checkout clerk. You know, and you don't want to use the self-checkout because uh, every time you use one of those, it just feels like you're going to steal something. Recently got a concussion the other day. Doctor said I made a complete recovery. You know, no long-term damage or anything, just lasting issues with basic math and word comprehension. Whatever. <laughs> all right, that's all I got. Thank you. Yay, everybody. Clap more for Johnny. That's his first time here. Yay. Yay. Woo, woo, woo. All right, we're back to the list. Your next comedian. She's a lovely human being. Put your hands together for Denise Lee. Yay. Oh my God, Sarah! Hi, long time no see. How's did you did you go already? Did you adjust the mic stand? Same. <laughs> okay. I mean, this is an open mic, you know. That's what this is for, right? Oh, is this it? You just go up and down? <laughs> okay. It's fine. Okay, I, I wrote some jokes. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. 
Okay, okay, let's see. I wrote some jokes at 2 a.m. Let's see if they're funny. <laughs> okay, so um, I'm normally not dressed like this, so I'm really into Gen Z fashion, right? Like dad sneakers, uh, baggy jeans, and a crop top. Like people think it's for fashion, but really it's just very practical, you know? People make fun of me, but it, it's fine. Like the dad shoes help my plantar fasciitis. Uh, the baggy jeans are more comfortable on my calves, and the crop tops uh, lets people know I'm very desperate to be laid. Uh, you know, times are tough. Okay, um, next. So, Cal. So you know, you guys know how California has like that bag policy, right? Like 25 cents a bag. Uh, to incentivize people to bring their own bags and help out the environment, right? I support this policy, but once I dated this guy who every time he went to the grocery store, he just had the cashier uh, bag his groceries. And I had to break up with him because I was like, I can't be with someone who has no morals, you know, someone who pays the 25 cents per bag like who is who is that fiscally promiscuous you know like once I saw him pay 50 cents for the groceries to be double bagged and I was like clearly you don't have a 401k you know okay next <laughs> next oh okay I'm not even gonna say that one out loud that's not good okay okay so recently I had dinner with a friend uh, one of those friends who eats healthy and uh, that was a giant mistake, right? Uh, I wanted to get dessert, and she was like, do you know what artificial sugar does to your body? Can take years off your life and just really mess with your system. And I was like, okay, but we just did cocaine in the bathroom together. <laughs> okay, like uh, that was the appetizer. <laughs> I don't know if you know, but cocaine isn't that great for the body either. I think sugar at this point is probably like an appetizer didn't actually do any cocaine. I watched her do it though, like a sad ass episode of Euphoria. I don't think I have the vibe of someone who regularly partakes in drug usage. You know, like uh, I know I'm a pretty boring person normally, but I don't like the kind of person I become when I'm on drugs. Cause when I'm high, I'm still a pretty boring person and sure $80. So it's a lose-lose situation. I took it like the last time I took a weed edible, it just made me wanna file my taxes <laughs> without using TurboTax. You know, I was just like, oh, I can do anything. I'm an independent woman. Okay, well, that's that's a joke I've done before, so that's okay. It's doing better. Um, sorry, what? Oh, good Lord. <laughs> you don't get off the stage. Uh, I've been trying to work on my watermelon joke. It's been a minute since that one's come back. Oh, I don't think some of you guys have heard it. So one of my first jokes, um, so during the pandemic, I really didn't get any action at all. The most intimate I got was just uh, slapping watermelons at the grocery store. Um, yeah, just pounding away in the produce aisle, you know? I just feel like there's a lot more potential there, so we'll think on it. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Denise Lee, everyone! Woo! Yeah, Newman's next. And then and then me and then the other people didn't come. It's so funny when the list is so stacked and then and it's like we're going to end early. Isn't that crazy? Uh, but your next comedian, super funny guy, clap your hands together for Newman Shake. Yay! And the ride. Wow, we're here uh very poor right now very poor yeah that, that would make people leave that's fair 
probably think I'm gonna ask for donations. Um, I don't know, yeah, I'm very broke, and it's weird because like my family's has money, so now it's not. I can't even blame society. You know, it's just my fault. It's very hard. I don't know. We have we have a president right now. He's he's old. We don't like that for some reason. He's very old. I feel like we have a lot of old presidents because we're scared of having a hot president, you know? Like, Obama was hot, but he was hot and, like, I'm going to hook up with this person for health care, you know? He's not a he's not a fucking dumb type person. But I get it, you know? I've never, like, swiped right on Tinder and been like, you know what? I trust this person with the economy. That's not... <laughs> if I can be honest with you guys, like, as an Indian person... Kumar from, like, the Harold and Kumar movies means a lot more to me than Kamala Harris. I don't know, like, do I need to explain that? I don't think so. I, um, I don't know, I don't have a lot of Indian friends because I like to feel special about myself. But me and one of my Indian friends, we were talking recently, and he was like, you know what? I want to get in touch with, like, Indian culture. And I was like, yeah, man, you should go for it. And the next time I met him, he had an Indian accent, <laughs> which, you know, is not... I don't know, man, that's weird. I feel like having an Indian accent to be part of Italian culture is like playing Mario Kart to be a part of Italian culture. Like, that's not how that works. And, you know, it kind of bugged me, so I asked him, like, why he was talking like that, and he said he was starting a yoga class, and he wanted to seem authentic to white people, and honestly, I wasn't even mad anymore. Like, that is just great marketing right there. Like, if this audience was all white right now, I would be doing an Indian accent. Yoga is weird, man. I feel like I've seen more white people do yoga than Indian people. And that's not that's not even a joke. That's just an observation. Like that's very like culture like they they won that. They can keep it. I I uh, my comfort show is Euphoria right now. I love yeah, Euphoria's fun. I like Euphoria cuz it's like it's such it's such a fantasy have seeing all these high school people do all these affordable drugs, you know? Like it's very like like I'm like, do these people not have budgets or something? Like it's ins- <laughs> it's insane. Like I was I was like smoking weed out of like a toilet paper roll in high school. There's no way these people can be doing designer drugs. I I feel like astrology is getting out of hand right now. Like my friend, she got a DUI recently, and her excuse was I'm just an Aries. I was like pretty sure you're an alcoholic, Jan. I don't know what sign that is, but it's not. It's not good. I don't know. I feel like we're getting to a point where, like, astrology is going to be used like, a legal defense. Like, there are going to be people in court. Like, you know, my client killed eight people, but Mercury's in retrograde. He's a fire sign. That's just what happens. Thank God. I I don't know. What else? What's my last joke here? I, I don't know. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, yeah, I feel like the worst feminist is Amelia Earhart, you know, because she said she was going to fly over the Atlantic, and then she just didn't. You know, do you know how much ammo that gives me as a man? Like, every time my sisters get too ambitious. Okay, goodbye, guys. Newman Shake, everyone! And if anyone wants a lollipop, they're up there for people. They're little C's candy lollipops. Um, yeah, just because, you know, they're, they're coffee flavor. Okay, I'm going to come out and, and do my four minutes, and then we'll see if anyone else comes. And if they don't, then, uh, then we're done. Here we go. Uh, clap for me. It's still light out. Isn't that nice? I really like it. Hi. Ding, ding, ding. I don't even know what I was going to. 
I didn't even have like a plan today, but I still got it. Thank you. Yeah, man. I used to really love basketball back when I had a boyfriend and did things other than comedy. <laughs> Does anybody remember that? I'm like, I'm so fulfilled with stage time. I don't need a man. No, it's fine. I don't. And, but that's why I think witches were persecuted back in the day. Like I always thinking, why? Why would they persecute witches? They lived in the forest. They liked baking. They loved cats. They loved children. They know how to read. Like why were they demon? Oh my God! You do all this without living with a man? Oh, you're a witch! Oh, how do you do that? Oh my God! You could live without us? No way! <laughs> Sorry, Women's History Month is over. I won't be heavy-handed with my feminism anymore. I won't beat you over the head with feminism. Incidentally, feminism, the only word spelled without the word men in it. <laughs> we got spelled with an I, like I am a feminist. There is no men in feminism. But I am a whoop man. You know, or a feet male. Or a pert son. Right? When we become wit men, what do we do? We menstruate. Oh, shit, we menstruate. The one thing you could never do. You think it's gross, and you put your name all over it. Menstruate. Right? And then when you have sex for the first time, what do you break? Hi, men. Hi, men. Hi. I can have sex with all of you now. Hi, men. Patriarchy's real. The one I actually do understand right now because I'm going through it is menopause. <laughs> Men no longer are pausing. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, she is old. Look at her creepy skin. What is happening there? Actually, I'm a Monet. I look good from far away. And then you get up close and it's like, whoa, dots and slashes. What's holding this image together? Ah. Yeah. It sucks, getting old sucks. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, that's what, those are the noises that my, those are the noises that my joints make when I'm trying to race to the toilet without peeing my pants. Or the other fun thing that's been happening, which is awful, is I have to pee all the time because otherwise, if, and I go to so many comedy shows, because if I laugh hard, that's it. I'm peeing my pants a little bit. I pee just a little, like all the time. I feel like I'm in a musical, like singing in the rain and my pants are the rain. Everything is wet. I need to bring an extra pair of panties. I was thinking about bringing like a, like a thing, because there's no more, periods or anything coming out of my vagina. Just pee. So I need to use different kinds of pads, maybe. No, it sucks, but that's why I try not to laugh too hard. And sometimes when I cough, I'm like, oh, no. And then you have to look to see. Sometimes I'll like, take my pants off and look and be like, did it get through to the jeans? Okay, TMI. Too much. I don't know. <laughs> give, give yourself the horn, Benjamin. What are you talking about? I found these pants in a tree in the mission. These are tree pants. It's true. It was on 20th Street. Uh, Harrison and 20th. These, these, are, these are tree pants. That's a real thing. I, well, you put it around your neck. You take, the, you take the waist and you put it around your neck. And if it fits around your neck, it'll fit around your waist. Why does that work? Physics? I don't know. I don't understand. But it works. It's a, th it's a thing. I, pfft, I, no. Is that a dick thing? That's something about, oh, okay. I don't, is that how big my dick would be metaphorically? Yeah, my... Oh, but I heard it. You taught me about that. My clit is so big, I can use a Cheerio as a cock ring. Uh, but uh, back to my back to my peas, my pee pants. Uh, I found these <laughs> pants in a tree in the mission. And my question is, if if the pants didn't smell like pee, do I have to wash them before I wear them? 
No, I didn't. I've been wearing these, though, for like 18 days, and now they smell like my pee, and I kind of like it. Uh, I have another question about San Francisco. If you've been using the public restroom at Civic Center, do you leave the toilet seat up or down after you've been slamming heroin? Is that more of an etiquette question, really? Uh, my last my last question, hygiene question. Um, I'm trying to lower my carbon footprint, so if I'm sitting on the potty going number two, and then I use the same teepee to wipe my nose and then my tushy, can I give my butthole herpes? Dermatologist says yes. Herpes simplex one and two, same herpes. It's just location, location, location. <laughs> Get out of the tenderloin. Uh, <laughs> okay, thank you guys all so much for being here tonight. Isn't this funny? Yay, yay. Isn't it weird, though, that so many people signed up, and then this was the perfect amount of people, and this it's all perfect. It all works out every week. Thank you so much for your donations. You're all amazing. Tomorrow night, we are at OMG at 6 o'clock, and there are new times for our Thursday mics because um, I had the ability to be flexible and... I loved Luke's new thing at Edinburgh, and so I changed my open mics to 8 o'clock so that you can actually hit both open mics. And the beauty of the second and fourth Thursdays is that Edinburgh and Emperor Norton's are literally two blocks from each other. So you can hit Luke's Edinburgh open mic at 6 to sign up. It starts at 6.30 and get there early, sign up, and then run down to my open mic, which is going to go from 8 until 9.30. So ostensibly, everybody should be able to hit both mics on that day. And if you wanted to be crazy, you could even try to hit that fame one first and then hit, I don't know, I've never been there. I'm just saying there's three opportunities in one night. I'm just saying that I made it flexible because I love Luke and I love that room. And I was like, I have the, I just asked the guys that I, the bar owners, I'm like, can I change it to eight? They're like, whatever you want, I'm fucking whatever. And I'm like, yeah. So yeah, so more stage time for everyone. And then Fridays we're back here and uh, and that's it. Okay, I'll let you all go. Bye. Thank you so much. You're all wonderful. Yay. Take a lollipop, please. Take a lollipop. 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 Take a
By the time I get to Phoenix She'll be rising She'll find the note I left hanging On her door She'll laugh when she reads the part That says I'm leaving Cause I've left that girl So many times before By the time I make Albuquerque She'll be working She'll probably Stop at lunch And give me a call But she'll just hear that phone Keep on ringing Off the wall That's all By the time I make Oklahoma She'll be sleeping She'll turn softly Call my name out low And she'll cry Just to think I'd really leave her Time and time I've tried to tell her so She just didn't know I would really go This is an old Temptations number which we hope you know and love.
Of life. 